Have you ever wondered how you could join the Brew News crew? Well, swing over to patreon.com slash brewnewspod and you can join us. We have three different tiers for all of our patrons. At the logger level, you earn early access to all of our podcast episodes. At the IPA level, you get early access to our podcast episodes, but you get special weekly beer tastings that are done by various members of the crew. And you get special video presentations, including our Beer Miss Special. At the stout level, you get everything you get at the IPA level, but you also get to appear on one episode of the Brew News Pod, and when we have some swag, we'll send some your way. So feel free to swing over to patreon.com slash brewnewspod. That again is patreon.com slash brewnewspod, and join the crew. Welcome to the Brew News Podcast, all the news that's fit to be brewed. I'm Andrew Jennings. And I'm Travis Matherly. Join us as we go a little bit deeper behind the breweries of your favorite beers and learn about new breweries from around the world. We will be exploring the history and beers of craft brewers and hope to showcase the amazing talent and variety found within the craft beer community, both in the U.S. and abroad. In this episode, we will focus on Mother Earth Brewing. This will be the last brewery in our initial North Carolina series before we branch outside of our home state. But don't fear, like the Terminator, we'll be back. So, Andrew, what was your first experience with Mother Earth? I don't know. Uh, I've done a terrible job with Untapped up until we started the series, uh, as anyone that's following me knows. Um, and uh, so I couldn't tell you. I know I've actually steered away from them for the most part, um, namely because I am not a huge fan of the styles I usually brew. They usually have brewed a lot of Kolsch, a lot of um, uh, Dunkles and Heffas, which is usually not a style I enjoy. Hmm. Yeah, I can't say that I've had many of their beers on my untapped looking through it. I only have one, and that was, yet again, a beer that you provided me with <laughs> uh, from their window pane series. It was a chocolate porter, but it was actually very good. It was, um, yeah. What I remember, and I'm pretty sure I've had at least one or two of their other beers. It was probably before I was on untapped. But it's uh, it's, again, one of those breweries, and we seem to have run into a theme here where with the unknown yeah. and blueprint and Mother Earth, where it's we're highlighting breweries that really for our home state I have not a lot of experience with, and it's caused me to question my <laughs> knowledge of our home state's breweries. Yeah, so I mean, the reason why we chose Mother Earth um, is actually it's one of the furthest east breweries in North Carolina. It's not the farthest east, of course, it's in Kinston. Um, and if you know North Carolina geography, you're still about an hour from the coast at that point. But in terms of beers that we could actually get a hold of. Um. <laughs> yeah, there are breweries on the Outer Banks. Um, there's a few out there at least, but mm -hmm. they're not as readily available yeah. for us. Mother has done a good job. So um, I know I'm looking forward to tasting a lot of their stuff. Like I said, I, I've sort of avoided it because of the styles. But uh, we've got some fun fun things for tonight. Yeah, you're. Uh, we're just going to have to start forcing you to branch out a little more, I guess. <laughs> It's not my fault. <laughs> All right. Well, let's learn a little bit about the history of Mother Earth. We'll top into Mother Earth Brewing and a little bit about the brewery for today. Mother Earth was founded by Trent Mooring and Stephen Hill back in 2008. So it's about 10 years old at this point mm -hmm. down in Kinston, North Carolina. And for those of you who are not familiar with North Carolina geography, Kinston is east of Raleigh, headed towards the beach, and it is a pretty small town. Very small. I think it's US-17 that passes through it. Uh, up until Mother Earth really got there, the only thing I knew that existed in Kinston was barbecue and um, uh, the Noose River Sports Shop. Yeah, and uh, 
They're well-known. Kinston is part of the state of North Carolina that's known for tobacco production as well. Yes, yes. And for those of you that care, the barbecue they make is solely Eastern style, which is a shredded pork barbecue with vinegar sauce. And we will not get into a debate about the best barbecue style because that can open up heated opinions in the state of North Carolina and the South. Can we agree Lexington's trash? Yeah. Okay. We can. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we've just lost all of our listeners. <laughs> all of our Lexington viewers. <laughs> not, not Lexington, Kentucky, for those of you who are concerned. Lexington, North Carolina. Uh, okay. So, um, yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, it was founded by Trent Moore and Stephen Hill. Trent is Stephen's son-in-law. He married uh, Stephen's daughter. Stephen started to homebrew back in Det- uh DC, DC. years and years ago, he had been doing uh, homebrew for a while. Um, and then uh, Trent also enjoyed craft beer. Um, he was really interested in art and the artistic artistry of the bottles and the taste. Um, and Stephen loved homebrewing and he loved organic gardening. So, you know, so that kind of plays into mother earth as a company. It's kind of really what they're about is the ground to the bottle Mm -hmm. and they are very much, I mean, mother earth is an app name for them. They are uh, very much in tune with the earth. They are the first brewery ever to get um, lead gold certification. Um, That's the highest rating that's actually ever been attained by a brewery. They just happen to be the first production brewery to make it. Um, They have a host of green initiatives, including some of the materials they use, all the materials for their brewery, are recycled or reclaimed. They use gene insulation and soy insulation uh, for their buildings themselves. They have a large solar array, tankless water heaters, um, rainwater cisterns, and they, like most breweries around here, their spent grain goes to animal feed. Um, and then they donate, this is a new one to me, they actually donate bags from grain to the NC Forest Service to help reseed. Now, Travis, you were a horticulture major. No, I wasn't. <laughs> I was an agriculture <laughs> ah, major. sorry. <laughs> Close enough. Plants. <laughs> yeah, that is a that's a first for me that I've ever heard. Um, but that is interesting. That's yeah. a really something unique. Yeah, um, they did the hop project that led to twenty five hop rhizomes in Kinston, um, and this gives them local hop access for pilot batches um, and for dry hopping for specialty beers. Yeah, and it does seem uh, just kind of what I've noticed from following them on Instagram and. Other social media, they do a lot of, you know, like many breweries, they do a lot of special one time only tonight at the tap room. We have a small keg of this and mm-hmm. they'll infuse their uh, standard beers with something special and uh, crack them. And when it's gone, it's gone and maybe they'll make it again. Maybe they won't. Yeah. And we reached out to Mother Earth for this episode and they gave us, a, we asked them a few questions. They gave us some good answers for this. Um, we specifically asked them, you know, what are they um what facets of their brewery are they trying to be known for and uh, well known for? And their uh, and Amy Gannett, their director of marketing, gave us that they're proud of um, the stewardship of the natural resources entrusted to them. Um, they are committed to incorporating sustainable and environmentally responsible brewing practices, and this is seen throughout you know everything, almost every choice they've made. Um, one of the other things that uh, Trent Mooring, their president, said is that they want to be. They pride themselves in being a family business that was built on passion and care. And they say that um, you'll see their character and personality in every nook and cranny of their entire operation. 
Um, yeah, so. that kind of seems to fall into their mission statement, which uh, they say is to help you savor the goodness of Mother Earth. They're focused on being local and being close to nature. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Mother Earth, while that is true to their form and what they're about and their mission statement, the brewery is not just named for the Mother Earth. <laughs> it is actually named for a nitty gritty dirt band song from 1976 called Mother Earth. And they found that name during a vinyl listening session and decided that that was the perfect name for their brewery. Yeah. Um, I have never heard that song. I had never actually heard of the nitty gritty dirt band until we started doing research for this. (laughs) Okay. Well, I can't name a song offhand, but I do know that that was a band. I had to actually look up their discography. Discography to find vinylography. out the vinylography to find out what year this was actually made. <laughs> but that is, uh, they do stick true to form. They are very um, intentional and specific about that, particularly their environmental choices. Um, but that extends all the way to why do they choose Kinston? Because as we sort of hinted at, there's not a ton going on in Kinston. Yeah, you don't ever actually. I've never found myself purposefully saying, "Hey, I'm going to go to Kinston." It's kind of you. I'm people going tend to drive. Kinston. Yeah, people tend to drive through Kinston. So it's a pretty small town. Yeah. So we asked them uh, why they even chose Kinston, um, and Trent, their president, gave a very good answer. Um, they're from Kinston, <laughs> they, <laughs> and they wanted to bring businesses back to their area as well as making Kinston a great place for their family to live. Um, and I think they've done that because beyond just the brewery themselves, they have the Mother Earth Motor Lodge which provides a place to stay in Kinston. It's also a national historic building. It's on the registry. And then they have a brew bus that can be rented and provides free tours Tuesday through Saturday. Hmm. Yeah. That, that is interesting. <laughs> I was also just looking at it, you know, really focused on Kinston being their location, as you mm-hmm. said, and having people at least maybe just spend the night in Kinston. Uh, being green goes into every one of their decisions and their philosophy uh, that kind of goes with their desire to be in Kinston. Being green can be easy and making simple educated product decisions during our design phase was critical to our overall objective of a low impact brewery. So they want to bring business to the town, but they don't want to cause a nuisance to the town at the same time, which I think is pretty, pretty good idea. And Kinston is a small town, but even so um, because it's Southern small towns aren't typically small in terms of land area. They're small in terms of people. So yeah. really spaced out. Um, but even so with that hand, handicap, one would say 80% of their staff uh, gets to work either by walking, bike riding, or even skateboarding. Um, I can't imagine because Kinston's pretty flat. Kinston's so I, flat. I don't imagine <laughs> that you get a lot of coasting time if you're skateboarding to work. That's true, but you don't have to go up hills. Also, what are you going to do when you hit a gravel road inevitably? <laughs> You're just going to have to pick it up, and that's when it turns into walking to work yes. instead of skateboarding to work. <laughs> the the, the uh, walkers and skateboarders may be the same people. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to tell. Uh, Kinston has uh, done a fairly good job of distribution. They're available in North Carolina, Florida, Georgia, Tennessee, South Carolina, and Virginia, so the southeastern United States, and then randomly one spot in New York. Yeah, I, I really couldn't figure out. It's not Niagara Falls. It's somewhere near uh, on one of the lakes. Um, but when I was looking at their distribution, they had a spot in New York. I've oh. got family in upstate New York. I'll give them a holler and see if they can go find it for us. <laughs> yeah, see if they've ever 
seen it around in their local stores. Yeah. But um, we haven't even touched on one of their more interesting uh, members of the, of the team there, Josh the Brewer or Josh Brewer. <laughs> yeah, Josh, Josh Brewer or Josh the Brewer. Uh, is their brewmaster. Um, he is, he's got a pretty storied history. Yeah, it's uh, when I was researching him and I think it's available on their website, but it just blew me away. He's been all over. So his bio kind of said he began by homebrewing and left his career, started working at a local brewery. He asked if they had any jobs and they told him, yeah, he could clean the kegs. So he got a job cleaning the kegs and working at that brewery just to learn about making beer. At some point he moved to Belize and began making wine for a French Thai restaurant in Central America. <clears throat> so yeah, you know, as one tends to do. That's the typical arc of a master brewer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He then comes back to the United States, moving to Hilton Head, South Carolina, and became the brewmaster of a small brew pub there. From there, he went to Savannah, Georgia, to become the brewmaster of another brew pub, and then to Hawaii, where he ran another brew pub, I believe is what it said. Yeah. After that, he comes back to South Carolina, to the town of Beaufort, where he opened up his own brew pub. And then at that point, it sounds like he and his wife had settled down, had a kid, and he found that life had become hectic mm -hmm. after having a kid and running his own business. So he was looking for a way to still brew, but without the added weight of running his own yeah. brew pub. And that's when he found Mother Earth. And they jokingly say in his bio that he called, they came up, asked him if he could start and packed his bags in a U-Haul a couple of days <laughs> later and moved to Kinston. Yep. Um, so he's been there pretty much from the start, since about 2008. Mm -hmm. So it's been um, very interesting. So speaking of Josh the Brewer, let's see what he actually brews. Um, year round, they have, uh, I believe, about five beers. We're going to taste a couple of them tonight. Uh, the Weeping Willow Wit, the Sisters of the Moon IPA, the Endless River Kolsch, the Dark Cloud Munich uh, Dunkel. Uh, sorry, it's a Dark Cloud Munich style Dunkel Lager, uh, the Park Day Bohemian style Pilsner. Those are all year rounds. Yeah, and for seasonals, they have a Berliner Weiss, an Oatmeal IPA, Blackbeard's Booty, which is a hoppy blonde ale. Old Neighborhood Oatmeal Porter and the Snow Flurry Juniper Rye IPA, which I is delicious. Well, I've never had it, but I love rye IPAs. So. <laughs> it has got uh, a lot more pine to it. Uh, it's not quite a gin tone because gin's made from juniper berries, but it's um, it's more in that vein. It's really quite good. Hmm. Um, and then they also have some specials and some special series. They have the Homegrown, mm -hmm. which is an ale brewed with tomatoes. That. I'm intrigued. I'm interested. I'm, I'm also, I'm interested, but that also slightly scares me. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. The uh, triple overhead is their triple uh, silent night. It's a BBA Imperial stout. Have you had that Travis? No, the one that I'm thinking of is their window pane series and it's the window pane series chocolate. It's an Imperial chocolate porter aged in Oak whiskey barrels. And then they also have another in the window pane series the Fig and Raisin, an apple brandy barrel aged Belgian double, which sounds absolutely delicious. It does. So you may have noticed as we were going through some of their styles and what they brew, these are more continental European styles. They're not quite the British styles that most people have. It's not all 
um, pale ale, IPA, IPA variants. Yeah, this uh, is more Germany, Austria, Belgium, Bohemia. Yeah, definitely more of that Bohemian style. So we actually asked uh, asked, asked them about it, and uh, Josh, the brewer, said that uh, while he did this on purpose, um, the styles are these styles in particular are harder to get around where Kenston is and North Carolina in general. Most everyone is doing american style ipas or something along those lines um so it created something um a little more novel and it also gave them the potential to transport the drinkers back to a historic time or place um so <clears throat> they look at this as the brews they make full time these are some brews that most breweries only brew seasonally so they have if you want a, a dunkel lager you can get a dunkel lager all year round if you get if you have access to mother earth yeah and typically you don't see things like Kolsch and wit mm-hmm. tend to kind of be seasonal, at least around here in North Carolina as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so we did also ask them, uh, ask Josh, you know, when was, uh, is there something he hasn't brewed yet? Something he would like to brew. And despite all of the things he's done, all the different places he's been, he actually said, yeah. Um, he said when he's developing new beers, um, he's thinking about, you know, what is everyone drinking right now? What ingredients are fresh right now? So he likes to use fresh ingredients. Those include fruits, veggies, and herbs. So that's part of his inspiration. But then he also is looking at the styles he hasn't brewed yet. And I know one of the ones he particularly mentioned was the Golden Bach, which is a heavy-handed tart fruit beer, and it's a mixed fermented beer. Oh, so, oh sorry. He's trying to do three beers. Sorry. I'm reading this wrong. <laughs> he's try- he wants to do a Golden Bach, a heavy-handed tart fruit beer, and a mixed fermented beer. I was say, that was a lot of yeah, that was a lot, lot, of, a lot in there. That was a long beer. <laughs> We'd like to thank uh, Trent, Josh, and Amy for you know, responding to some inquiries we had and helping us uh, have, get a fuller picture of Mother Earth. Yeah, they really uh, gave us a lot of good information in very timely fashion. So we thank them for that. We had a little bit of a tight turnaround, and they were able to meet it for us, thankfully. So yeah, so I guess that's enough about. Well, well, that's all we know about Mother Earth. Yeah, yeah so. that's all we've got on Mother Earth. So let's uh, get into my favorite section of the show so far, which is the drinking and tasting portion of the show. Our first beer tonight will be the Park Day. This is a Bohemian-style Pilsner. comes in at 5% alcohol. And it does not have any IBUs available. Um, it was uh, one of their year rounds and was first brewed in 2012. It's got a super simple recipe that lets the malts and hops speak for themselves. Are they speaking to you, Andrew? I mean, I greatly appreciate a brewery that sticks to style and whatnot. And they do a good job with the uh, their styles. Uh, a lot of different, you know, continental European styles. Unfortunately... A bulk of them I do not care for. <laughs> you are not a continental European style guy. I am not a continental guy. European style. It's funny. I, I love most things German. But if uh, if I have to speak German to drink the beer, I have never been a big fan. I don't know why. Mm. I'm, I guess it's because I'm not a huge lager fan. That's really what it comes yeah. down to. This is uh, It smells like a pretty straightforward Pilsner. You definitely smell mm-hmm. the malts. It's just a slight bit hop aroma, not much. Mm-hmm. And the, the flavor's good. I mean, it's it's light. There's nothing crazy crisp. The palate gets mm-hmm. clean pretty quick with this beer. Yeah, that's actually fairly malty, and the malt kind of sticks around 
for me for a minute. It's kind of, uh, it's that biscuity, mm-hmm. slightly almost buttery, even to a point. A little bit. Yeah, I can, I can see that. Yeah. Um, it, it's a good little Pilsner. Like, yeah. it, like I sort of hinted at most of the style, most of the beers we're going to have are not my style. Yeah. It's um, a, it's a light bodied yeah. beer. Uh, it's a, it's brewed with a hundred percent German malt and hop. So mm-hmm. speaks to it. And uh floral malty nose is how they describe it with a clean, crisp, malty hop taste. I, I can, I can go with the clean and crisp and the malt. I don't get much of the hop in the flavor. I do not. And I don't get much of the floral in the nose either. But I think that might be, I mean, I kind of just a touch of it, but mostly for me, it's the malt. But when you taste it, it's that malt bill that sticks around. And I mean, this is one of those at Pilsner's not my favorite style either, but it's for the style. It's pretty good. Oh yeah. I'm not knocking. I'm not definitely not knocking the beer. I'm just, yeah. yeah. (laughs) No, this is good though. I'm, I'm actually enjoying this one pretty much. It's a solid little pilsner. All right, let's move on to our next beer. Our next beer is the Weeping Willow Wit. Uh, it is another year-round beer. It's five percent ABV. Um, it is a Belgian wit with spices. Uh, they say it, they describe it as light flavor that balances the sweet and tart and has a note of spice. Hmm. Uh, I do get a little bit of spice on mm-hmm. that nose. Uh, it definitely has the Belgian yeast, the Bel- the Belgian wits. It almost feel to it. The wit bar, it almost. I'm gonna say it's like a hefeweizen. Almost. I know they're similar mm-hmm. in style, but this isn't clove and banana like a hefeweizen. This is more. This is like coriander. Sure, that sounds like a fantastic way to describe it to me. <laughs> it's it's citrusy. It's not banana. Like when you smell a hefeweizen, you smell banana and clove and this is more sit as andrew just stares at me blankly so this i beg to differ sir i beg to differ now uh maybe it's also because i've tasted it already it does have some balance some uh, banana to it Hmm. it's definitely a lot more spicy than i was expecting on the palate yeah and by spicy i i know you're not meaning like cayenne pepper yeah this isn't like a heat spicy this is like a it's more like a it's not clove but it's no i think i i think it's like aromatic spice yeah let me look it up on uh yeah untapped is saying bitter orange peel and hey fresh coriander there you go nailed it (laughs) i still don't know what fresh coriander looks like i i I mean i couldn't tell you but (laughs) (laughs) you just aren't described in beers long enough that you know (laughs) yeah for real but yeah, the uh, the aromas definitely got that Belgian um, that Belgian yeast to it, um, and that does separate it out from like a German Hefe, but it is very similar to a Hefe Bison. Yeah, and that I kind of get what you're saying with the banana just slightly, but it's not like sometimes Hefe Bisons to me tend to be banana puree oh, okay. almost, but this is this is a little more citrusy. It's yeah. a little brighter. Than a hefeweizen probably is a good way to describe it. You definitely more. It's definitely brighter. It's not as um, heavy. Mm-hmm. They describe this as being very hazy, poor, and light gold color. It is it's sort of hazy. Oh. Yeah, it is kind of somehow. It's yeah. a little hazy without being 
it's hazier than I was expecting because it pour it does pour golden. So I was expecting a lighter color, um, but when I hold it up, trying to look out, look through it, I can barely see anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not so bad that you've got you know there's nothing floating in it. There's yeah, no, there's no. It's not like an unfiltered or there's no particulates in the glass or anything. Right. So that was, this is. Um, I think this is also one of my mother-in-law's favorite beers. So. <laughs> we should have had her on the show. We should have, except uh, <laughs> she's unavailable currently. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> All right. Well, that was, that's enough with the Weeping Willow. I guess we'll move on to the Endless River. All right. Let's dive into the Endless River Kolsch. I this see what you did a... there. <laughs> that was an intentional pun, but that worked out pretty good. <laughs> I'm just going for the flow here. <laughs> oh, I see what you did. Okay. Yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, that's enough puns. This is 5% alcohol. It's one of their year-round available beers. It's crisp, tangy, and light on the palate. They describe it as a very slightly fruity flavor and aroma, light golden color with a delicate head. It appeals to nearly everyone who samples it. It's definitely got a nice Christmas to it. I, I do enjoy the, the the nose is very a little bit of citrus. For Mother Earth, it's very citrusy. Yeah, this is um almost lemony mm-hmm. really like it's that tart citrus yeah yeah oh yeah and there's definitely lemon in the uh, in the flavor oh yeah yeah it's not a mm-hmm. it's not quite a uh lemonade situation but it's quite good yeah it kind of hits you up front a little bit with malt and then mm-hmm. that lemon kind of shows up there This is like a lemon sorbet of beers. It's cleansing my palate. It's nice and refreshing. I would drink it on a hot day. And I I, I like Kolsch's. Yeah. If I, I'm being honest, um, I think you can do a lot of interesting things mm-hmm. with Kolsch's. This is good. It's not, yeah, I, they do get the tangy just spot on with all that lemon in there. Um, but it's not, like I said, it's not overly lemon. You just, you know that it's a nice citrus fruit and it tastes to me like lemon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, um, it is very crisp and clean. It finishes pretty smooth. That lemon, like you said, it refreshes the palate, but it kind of goes away. Mm-hmm. It doesn't linger too long, and then it kind of just leaves you with a clean palate. Yeah, that's it. This is this would be a good <laughs> good in between our beer too. Yeah, it it's essentially lemon sorbet, lemon sorbet of beers, mm-hmm. which I love the lemon sorbet. So. Not not overly lemony, but yeah, still very good. Very good. All right. I guess that leads us to the uh, Blackbeard's Booty. Our next beer is Blackbeard's Booty. It is a hoppy blonde ale, and it is their spring seasonal. It's uh, 4.8% ABV, and it is a light and hop-forward uh, blonde ale. Yeah, so this is, uh, for those of you who may not know, uh, North Carolina, fourth grade history lesson for us, is uh, Blackbeard. <laughs> Famously was brought to justice uh, in North Carolina in his ship. The Queen Anne's Revenge is sunken off of the coast of North Carolina in the Outer Banks. This was brewed for the 300th anniversary of his death. Uh, They said that, uh, enjoy Blackbeard's booty while you celebrate the pirate within you. Yes, and Blackbeard's booty, they have been working on getting out of the ocean for quite some time now. Yeah. Occasionally you'll get a few little... uh, Tidbits here or there, um, but it is. This is a. Uh, it's good. Yeah, it's very fruity on the nose. It smell. I can definitely smell the hops in this. 
Yeah. And the taste is much more like a IPA or a pale ale, yeah, not a blonde ale. Yeah. It's approaching that IPA yeah. territory with it's leaving that hot bitterness on the end as I finish it. This uh, it says it has Amarillo and Chinook hops adding a fruity bitter punch to the finish and is supposed to be light and refreshing, yeah. which it definitely is refreshing. And it is, you can tell it's not an IPA, but it, yeah. that hop resinous, that bitterness is yeah. reminiscent of an IPA for me. But uh, this is a very... It's a good blonde ale. Yeah, um, I'm surprised how much I'm liking this. Yeah, it's very different, too. If you're expecting your blonde ales to be more like a Belgian blonde or something like that, which are usually uh, really light, much more effervescent. This has still got that effervescence to it, but it's, um, like we've said, it's taste-wise, it profiles more like an IPA or a pale ale. But looking at it, it's definitely not. It's not pale enough. You can. It's fairly cloudy. It's, uh, I'm enjoying this a lot. Yeah, and if we needed another reason to like this beer, it says a portion of the proceeds from the sale of this beer will go to the North Carolina Arts Council Foundation for supporting art programs across the state. So we're being philanthropists while we drink. Ah, oh, yes. I love being a, a thespian and philanthropist. Mm. Mm, yes. Yeah, this is... Uh... <laughs> I'm liking this a lot. It's good. Well, unfortunately, we have to stop drinking it. <laughs> at, at some point, we will run out of it. Let's go ahead and move on to our next beer, uh, their Berliner Weiss. Let's go ahead and start tasting the beer Berliner Weiss. Mm. Yeah, Andrew's uh, mm. yummy. Yeah, <laughs> this smells phenomenal. Yeah, good old Berliner Weiss. I'm not going to lie. This comes in at 5.2% ABV. Um, with this one, as well as all the other ones we haven't mentioned, normally we give the IBUs. I haven't been able to find any IBUs Not from Mother Earth, no. uh, available from them. This is a summer seasonal from Mother Earth. It's the Berliner Weiss Ale. It is described as sour, tart, and fruity in what their brewer calls a super crushable beer. And I'm convinced by the mm. smell alone that I could easily crush a sixer of this. Yeah, the nose is really, you've got a little bit of that tart to it. Um, doesn't smell overly sour, which is good for a lot of folks. Um, mm -hmm. And it's definitely tart and fruity, though. But you can expect those Berliner Weisses to have maybe a more slightly tart, fruity flavor. Yeah. So this is, for people who aren't into sours and maybe not quite there to the point of like these, and for me, some of the more milder Gozas mm -hmm. are a good beer to start trying if you want to work your way to the sours, like you just don't want to pucker bomb the first time yeah. you try a sour beer. <laughs> it's definitely not, um, having tasted it, it's definitely not on the level of some of the sours we had from uh, Wicked Weed. Uh, but it's, oh. it's more sour than you would expect. Yeah, that kind of, um, yeah. that instantly caused me to start salivating. Uh, it drew me up just a little bit. It is made with pluots. And uh, if you're like me and don't know what the hell a pluot <laughs> is, I looked it up. It I is... assumed it was someone from Pluto no. and that we had somehow <laughs> managed to get creatures from Pluto and turn them into beer. No, Which... it is actually more botanically speaking. It is a cross between a plum and an apricot, which the plum can kind of help to describe why it is tart. Yeah, but it's definitely not got the um, the stone fruitness I would expect with most apricot. Are you plum surprised? Yep. Get to the next one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. 
And it's also brewed with a heavy hand of mosaic and citra hops. The aroma is supposed to be that of grapefruit, lemon, and some grape. Maybe that's what it is because I definitely get the grapefruit and lemon, and then there's something else in there, and it's that may be the grapes. It it kind of almost if you to me if you want it's I get grapes, but it's almost I'm trying to think of what kind of white grapes. Well, it's like a white wine almost where like you have uh Welch's white grape juice. That's what this reminds me of. Oh, see, I was well, thinking on the nose. not not in the flavor, but in the nose. I was thinking more like Vignet or, oh, <laughs> or I was thinking, of, um, oh, yeah, of Vignet or something like that. Yeah, no, I was thinking when I smell it, it reminds me of like that sparkling white grape juice. Yeah. That's what I'm getting on the nose. Now the palate, do not think this is Welch's grape juice or anything like that. You will be more than surprised. Yeah. Because this is a lot better than that. Yeah, this um, is uh I could drink that all day. Mm-hmm. Uh, super crushable is exactly the way to describe that. It's an excellent summer beer. Yeah. All right. Well, unfortunately, we'll have to put this one to the side and finish it here in a little bit. Yeah. Let's move on to our next beer, which is the Dark Cloud Dark Ale. Our next beer is the Dark Cloud Dark Ale. It is 5.1% ABV. Also, it's available year round. This is a Munich Dunkelweiss or Dunkellager, I believe uh, is what they call it. It's a mild lager with dark color, drink smooth with a malty finish. Yeah. Looking at it, it's definitely dark color. Yeah, this is, uh, from what we've been drinking from Mother Earth, this yes. is this seems very dark it's all a, of a sudden. It's, a, it's I wouldn't say it's their stout because it's clearly not a stout. But yeah. um, And I've had, well, I've had an Imperial Porter from them. But this is, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, this looks right for the style. Mm-hmm. It's that nice amber caramelly color yeah. it's not as dark as a brown ale and it's not quite an amber ale it's like that in between yeah. and i guess this is a good time to mention all the beers that we've had so far except for the park day have been fairly hazy mm-hmm. um which is not in itself a bad thing but if you're expecting a crystal clear pilsner or like american style lager or something like that you're probably not going to find it except for the pilsner of course <laughs> you're probably yeah. not going to find it at mother earth because their beers tend to be a little bit more on the hazy side, but that's more indicative of like the European continent beers. Yeah, and it doesn't beers. mean that there's particulates floating around in there either, and right. there's not that like yeast floating around or anything that you would associate with an unfiltered beer. Yeah, those those are weird when you have little globules floating around. Mm-hmm. I don't get to say globules enough. I don't. Many people <laughs> do say the word globules. I am now going to make a point to get globules into every episode. <laughs> we'll see about that. All right, this so if you're keeping counting, we have globules in episode six. Yeah. And we'll see when it shows up again. This but, smells yeah. great. Um, it smells malty, very malty to me. Uh, bready almost. Yeah, maybe just slightly a hint of smoke on it. Maybe like a like you left or the like bread a, in the oven just a little too yeah, long. Yeah, or like a slight earthiness. Like it's got a it's got that unique smell to it. Um, this is in what they describe as an old fashioned beer that is back in vogue. Um, they say that this beer ages three times longer than any of their other ales. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dunkel means dark in German. I did not know that. I didn't either, but that makes perfect sense. Yeah. But it's not a heavy overbearing or bitter. Uh, this, uh, they describe it as being a very drinkable session beer. Mm-hmm. Trying to think, um, 
what else? Uh, not quite a porter. Some of the porters we had from uh, Highland and uh, Foothills were mm-hmm. like a little bit like this in terms of you could drink a lot of them and not feel full. Um, but yeah. this doesn't taste anything like those beers. No, this is, um, I think what you're trying to say is that they're a little thin. They're yeah. not, this isn't like uh, maybe like when you think about drinking a pint of Guinness, how it feels like you ate a loaf of bread. You feel bad? Yeah, you feel heavy. Um, you feel weighted down after doing that. You could drink a few of these and feel perfectly fine. Feel fine. I like this. It's uh, got a good smoke to it, which I was not expecting. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had some Dunkel Lagers in the past that were much more bready, uh, malty, sweeter. Um, but I, mm-hmm. I really am liking this. Yeah, so this isn't sweet, overly sweet like you would, uh, some of them you would expect, but it does have that touch of sweetness, which you come to expect from the malts being roasted for so long. This is a, I think the smokiness of it, as you mentioned, balances that sweetness out to where this is a very even keeled beer. Yeah, very good. All right, so we've got one more beer for y'all to try. Our last beer of the evening is going to be the Sisters of the Moon IPA. So this is the last one and also the heaviest, and it's still only 6.9% ABV. So that kind of tells you, you know, some of these breweries kind of go super heavy, 10, Mm -hmm. 12, 14%. have a lot of high ABV beers. Mother Earth is on that lower end. So this is a good brewery for people who prefer the lighter styles of beer mm-hmm. and who want to keep the alcohol content down. Definitely. If you're um, just getting into craft beer or you're looking for that more continental style beer made in America, mother is a good example of that and a good way to get that, that kind of beer. Um, this is the first IPA I've had from them. Um, and it's, uh, I don't know. I haven't tasted it yet. So yeah, it's uh, it clocks in at 6.9% ABV. It's available year round. It uses a hot back, which we'll get into here in a second. It uh, gives a huge, juicy hop taste with a mild malt background flavor. Now, the aroma is definitely more citrus, I'd say. That is, uh, yeah, there's a little citrus it's, in there. It's not, maybe a touch of pine. It's not. It's, it's got a slight, I want to say almost funk. Like it's, I, I can smell mm-hmm. the hop, but it's not citrusy, but I can also am getting a lot of malt forward on the nose and yeah. it's kind of lending a slight hint of funk to it somehow. Yeah. That's, um, that's interesting. It's definitely, definitely an American IPA. I'll give it that. It's not a British IPA for certain. So it's definitely got mm-hmm. that. Um, yeah. This is definitely a malty. It's maltier though. IPA that hot bitterness kind of almost isn't there you get i see what they're saying though the the malt background kind of mutes that hot bitterness yeah helps to mellow it out and it just gives you the hop flavors the yeah if, the citrus the juice kind of if you will if you hate ipas and your friends love ipas and you want to impress your friends get this beer because you're probably like this it's not a it's not overly hoppy it's not overly bitter it's not some of those ridiculous, um, some of the r- ridiculous beers, even using the hot back uh, technique, um, which we'll talk about. Uh, it's a simple brewing technique where you, after you do your boil and you're moving to your fermentation, your fermenters, you run it back through some hops. Yeah. So it's, um, think of it as an inline device. Um, 
as your beer is transferred to the boiler to the fermenter, the purpose of it is to transfer delicate hop oils and aromas that would otherwise be boiled off in the boiler. So it's mm-hmm. a way to impart those flavors that you may would otherwise lose as part of the brewing process. So this is, uh, they say they use fresh hop cones in the hot back process to give this IPA its unique flavor and take it to unexpected places. It's made with good old American hops. So by drinking this, you'll probably support American farmers. Yeah, so I assume they mean American made hops. Mm-hmm. So I'm not really sure. There's so many hop varieties out there. Some of them are native to America. Um, the interesting thing about the hop back process, um, some breweries take it to an extreme. Sierra Nevada is a great example. They created the Torpedo. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've had the Sierra Nevada Torpedo IPA, it's not called Torpedo for, uh, well, it's called Torpedo for a couple of different reasons, but they created a device which is essentially a giant hop back device to impart a lot more of that hop flavor to their beer. Mm-hmm. And they run their beer through the torpedoes at the end. I think also, if I'm not mistaken, Trogues has a device similar to that. And I can't remember what it's called, but it, they use it in making their beer the Nimble Giant. Okay, so it's not the Troganator? No, it's not the Troganator, but it, it's uh, it's <clears throat> they use it in making their Nimble Giant. And I think it's like a, I want to say I've heard it described as almost like a salad spinner for interesting hops. um i'll okay. have to i think it's the hop cyclone that's what it's that would called. make more sense yeah. yeah gosh but they have a beer called the troganator and they really could have done had fun with that <laughs> <laughs> yeah but anyways that's just i mean it's you know breweries have this way to get these flavors that they otherwise wouldn't be able to put into these beers uh right. but i'm really enjoying this ipa and i don't mind a good malty ipa yeah it's it's lighter like like we said it's uh, it's a little bit lighter it's a little maltier a little sweeter than some of the ipas it's not you're not going to mistake this for sierra's torpedo you're not going to mistake this for wicked weeds pernicious or um freak of nature mm-hmm. but it's good yeah so andrew any final thoughts uh before we finish here with mother earth brewing i will arm wrestle you for that berliner vice <laughs> I think I'll take that bet. Uh, <laughs> how about we just split it instead? That'll, uh... Uh, yeah, no, that was uh, both a refreshing uh, surprise and a very good beer. Yeah, that is probably hands down my favorite of the evening. Although, you know, for the style of everything, I think they did it. They do a really great job. Mm-hmm. And like we said, this is a very conscious brewery of environmentalism Mm -hmm. of reducing their footprint the ground to the beer they've just like it's it's a really wholesome concept that they've got down there that you can really get behind that is something that being a microbrewery gives them the ability to do and to focus on and i really the more we research this the more i read about it the more i actually found myself uh really liking their concepts and I've enjoyed their beer. Yeah. Like Travis was saying for the styles, everything's good for the style. For me, I just don't like some of the styles, but that's, that's a me problem. Not them. They, they are very consistent with them themselves. They're consistent with what they want to brew. They want to brew beers that most people aren't brewing on purpose. um, Stylistically, Uh, they want to brew good beer, but they also want to brew beer that's environmentally conscious um, so that goes into every decision they make. Um, they're also very dedicated to the people of Kinston. 
Um, mm-hmm. They're not thinking about expanding outside of Kinston in terms of their facilities. They're looking like they're expanding inside inside Kinston, but <laughs> yeah. they're not really looking to open a West Coast brewery anytime soon, like some of the West Coast breweries have opened East Coast breweries. Yeah, so this is really a staple of a small town community, mm-hmm. uh, just good down to earth people for mm-hmm. at Mother Earth, and we really want to take the time to think again the kind people of Mother Earth who were uh, nice enough to answer our email questions and to give us their time and provide us with some feedback and more insight into their brewery. Just, yeah, just thank again, Trent, Josh, and Amy. Um, thank you guys for um, contributing to this episode, and thank you for contributing to the beer scene. Um, it's excellent, and uh, we're excited to try some more Mother Earth. Yeah. Thank you, guys. I uh, hope you enjoyed the episode, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to this week's Brew News. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to subscribe and give us a rating in whichever app you found us on. We value your feedback, and it also helps the show reach more viewers. If you have any thoughts or suggestions for future breweries, or with a brewery and like to join us, feel free to tweet at or follow us on Twitter, at brew underscore news. On Untapped, Travis is Mather Nuts, and Andrew is Tuba Steve. We're on Instagram at brewnewspod, and you can visit our website, brewnewspod.com, where we will post our tasting and episode notes. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Anchor, Spotify, or whichever podcast platform you use. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week to look at another exciting brewery. Cheers! Cheers.